0: Well, good morning, church. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Hey, but every time you come to Generation Church, it makes Sunday super. Amen. All right. Pastor Joke's gone wild this morning. if I haven't met you yet, I'm Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here on staff here at Generation Church, and I get the incredible privilege to bring the Word of God this morning to preach and to teach. And we have been in an incredible series starting out the new year. Pastor Ryan has been doing an incredible job leading us through called Say... Goodbye. We've been talking about saying goodbye to our old self, saying hello to new ways that God has for us. And so today I'm just going to continue on in that series uh, with the topic, the title this morning, Say Goodbye to Confusion, Say Hello to Clarity. Say goodbye to confusion, say hello to clarity. And I'm going to read out of Psalm chapter 119 this morning. You can grab your Bibles and head there with me, whether it's in paper form, or it's on your app, on your phone, or your tablet, and join me there. Psalm 119. If you don't have any of those uh, with you, we'll have it up on the screen so you can follow along. Verses 103 through 106 is where I'm going to read. It says this, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. For your word is a lamp to guide my feet. And a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you uh, know where we're at and you're so willing to come meet us where we are, to speak to our hearts, to encourage us, to minister to us. I pray, God, that our ears would be open to hear from you this morning. I pray our minds will be open to understand, and I pray that our hearts will be open to receive, God, everything that you have for us, so that when we walk out of this place, we'll know we're better than when we came in, for we encountered you this morning, Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name, and God, we're praying that you would help the Cardinals make all the right off-season moves. You'd help them with all their draft picks, so that, God, next year we can watch them in Super Bowl 55. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, yeah. amen. I like making you pray for my team. <laughs> Prayers cannot start soon enough for them. Um, I feel like every time I'm up here and get the chance to, to talk with you and, and bring the word, I feel like I, I'm always talking about how much older I feel. And it just every year it seems to get more and more of this sense that, man, I'm, I'm getting old. And one reason I feel that way this year is because my oldest son... My oldest son is going to be turning 12 years old, which means this summer he's going to be joining our youth group. He's going to be joining, which I love our youth group, and I did youth ministry for 10 years, so I understand like how old he's getting and how much less time I have with him. But as I begin to think about him, I immediately go back to my first memory with him. And one of my favorite days of my whole life, when the nurse handed me him for the first time in that hospital room, when she cleaned him up and wrapped him up in in that little blanket and handed it to me, it was an absolutely incredible experience. It's one that's hard to explain, actually, and I always say you can't really know what it's like until you know what it's like by experiencing it yourself. It was such an incredible moment, but in that moment, I remember one thing happening for sure as I held them and, and I just was talking to them and enjoying the moment. It hit me real hard. It Reality sank in really quick that from now on, every decision I make holds a lot more weight to it. The responsibility just began to get a little heavier, and I thought, man, I better get this right. But isn't that true, truly about life, that life is really about decisions that we make. It's about the choices that we decide upon and we move through through life. And decisions as you get older and more mature and more responsibility gets in your life, it seems like they can get more and more difficult. It was one thing as a kid to decide what flavor of Bubblicious you wanted. It was another thing to decide uh, what college you wanted to go to and what major you wanted to study. It's a whole nother thing when you're talking about choosing someone that you want to marry and live with for the rest of your life. And then when you have kids and you're starting to decide what college you want to see them go to, I've told my kids, you better get a scholarship. Um, all these decisions, it, it, it really starts to weigh on you. And really what becomes very difficult is when those decisions start bringing a little bit of confusion into the mix. And you start wondering, how do I know if I'm going to make the right choice? How do I know if I'm doing the right thing? How do I, as as a person living this life, how do I find clarity through these moments, through these choices, through these decisions? Well, the good news for us this morning who are believers in Jesus, who are Christians, just as Psalm 119 says to us, for us, it starts with God's word. It starts with the Bible. The clarity we look for begins with his word. Now, Just so you know, maybe you're new to this whole thing, but for us as believers, as Christians, we believe that the Bible is truly the word of God, that every word that is on those pages came directly from him. If you ask and wonder, well, how do you know these things? I just encourage you to go back into our archives and check out some of the incredible messages that Pastor Ryan does in explaining those things. Like the one he just did entitled, There Are No Contradictions in God's Word in the Bible. I encourage you to look into those things. But for us, just so you know, we truly believe that his word, it comes from his heart and it's for us in the Bible. We believe that with all our hearts. Some of us, though, in in moments through life, we can even ask the question, even as believers, even as Christians, well, why is it so important to look to God's word? Why, Why is it so important for us to look to his word, to open the Bible, to figure out how that applies to our life? Well, here's a couple reasons. The first is I can't put my hope in outside sources. I can't put my hope in outside sources. Now, I, I love the day and age with the, that we live in today. I mean, I love that I can look up Google and find out the explanation for anything. I love that I can say, hey, Siri, and have her find something for me. I love that I can keep up with all my friends and all the things going on in this world through social media and different platforms like that. The information age is a great one to live in, but the true reality is that with all these things, the world is full of voices saying, this is the way. They, they say, this is the way to think. This is the way to live. This is the way to believe. And with it all, it can become very confusing. And so we need to look to a different source, a more uh, trustworthy source than just these voices that yell out loud. In fact, the Bible kind of cautions us. In Psalm 118, verse 8, it says that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Yeah. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. And later on in Psalms 146, verse 3 it says, don't put your confidence in powerful people, for there is no help for you there. There's a caution. We can't put our hope in outside sources. I love this thought because there are many uh, smart people out there, educated people that help us figure out what life's all about. But, but I love this statement that truly a scientist can still only discover what God already knows because he created it. Right. A, a politician can change laws to the best of their ability, but they can't legislate heart change. A, a brilliant philosopher may get us thinking because they have good questions, but only God has the full answers. We can't put our hope in outside sources, we must look to God. These people can be, can be very helpful, but they can't bring you the clarity and the truth the way that only God can. I can't put my hope in outside sources. Uh, you and I, we, we need to know God's word because truly, even spiritual leaders, Uh, Experts, scientists, politicians, they can lead us astray. And so we need God's word to help guide us and direct us. It's so important for me. It's so important for you to look to God's word because I can't put my hope in outside sources and as well because I cannot trust my heart. I can't trust my heart. I can't trust, I can't always trust what I want. I can't always trust what I think is right. I I can't always trust what I think I should, what what I think should happen. These these things, you know, we we try to figure those out. We try to, uh, you know, decipher what direction we should go, but we can't trust our heart. Now, I, I know, I know that today in our culture, in our society, it's very popular to say, follow your heart. Right. We we kind of get it all over the place. We we get it in commercials and they say you need this and you deserve this. Follow your heart. Uh, we see it in Disney movies. It's like the theme of every Disney movie that's out there. Follow your heart. Uh, even powerful or, or or very popular public figures say these things to us. You know, I follow my heart. So you follow your heart. But when it's all said and done, follow your heart is actually not something that God instructs you and me to do. In fact, it's it's quite the opposite. He, he says this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Our hearts are actually, we're told, are deceitful. Now I, I, I know some of you are getting offended right now. It's okay. It's all right. Like, we're all in this together. We're, we're deceitful. How do you think we're deceitful? Well, because... Truly, in our hearts, we're, we're selfish. We really are only thinking about ourselves and those that we care and we love. And it's it, what matters to us. It, it becomes selfish. We're biased. We're, we, we very much, you know, are one sided. We're one minded. We're, we're, we're even, I would say, small minded. We're only able to focus on our, what we've got and what, what affects us and these types of things. God is able to see it all and how it all works together. We just focus on our one little piece. So our hearts are actually deceitful is what the Bible teaches us. And because of this, God teaches us that we, we need to guard our hearts we actually need to guard our hearts it says it like this Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life yeah. we're not told to follow our hearts we're actually told our hearts are deceitful and therefore we need to guard our hearts cuz it will direct and it will determine the course of our life Paul puts it in a really good way writing in his letter in the book of Romans uh, chapter 7, verse 21 through 25, he says, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank God we have an answer to our deceitful heart. So I can't hope in outside sources and I can't trust myself, but I can trust God and I can trust his word. I can trust God and I can trust his word. I can trust my heavenly father. I can trust the one who created the heavens and the earth. I can trust the one who has shown his love and his grace and his mercy and his compassion for all of human history. I can trust the one who sent his only son to live on this earth as an example for all of us to see and to live by. I can trust God who sacrificed his son for my sin and my shame. I can trust God and I can trust his word. I can trust him. You see, church, you can trust him because he knows all things. God knows all things. It says that he is omniscient. He's all knowing. It says that he is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere, which includes being in the past, in the present, and as well in the future. He's seen it all. God is all knowing. He knows all things. Therefore, I can trust him. See, you you can trust him because he always wants what's best for you. He is a good and perfect father. He's full of love. He's full of grace. Now, I try to be the best dad that I can to my three kids. And yet my humanness gets in the way quite often. And I continue to pray, pray, God, help me to father my children like you father me, full of love and grace. He wants the best for me. He is good and he is perfect in all his ways. That is our God. So you can trust him. You can trust him as well because he knows how to guide and direct us. He knows how to guide and direct us. He cares about every single detail of your life. He knows, the Bible says that he knows the amount and the number of hairs on the top of your head. And for some of us, it's not getting hard to count. I don't know what's happening with me. My dad, my grandpa, my grandpa's in his 90s, still has more hair than I do. They say it comes from your mom's side. So I said, Mom, how about Grandpa Flores? She said he had a full head of hair till his dying day. Oh, my goodness. So I'm wondering who cursed me. I'm just trying to figure this out. But God knows every detail of your life. He is concerned and he cares about even what you and I would call small details. And he knows how to guide us and direct us through every stage of life. I love how the psalmist wrote it in Psalm 139. Beginning in verse five, he just breaks it down in an incredible way. He says, God, you go before me and you follow me. Past, present, future, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there if I go down to the grave you are there if I ride the wings of the morning if I dwell by the uh, by the farthest oceans even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb thank you for making me so wonderfully complex your workmanship is marvelous how well i know it you watched me as i was being formed in utter seclusion as i was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me? Oh God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. That's our God. That's our God. I always like to ask when I read that, you ever seen anybody try to count sand on the beach? No, because you'd put them in an institute. That's the stupidest thing we've ever heard of. And yet God thinks about us in incredible ways. There is one thing that is important for us to know as we talk about trusting God and trusting his word, and it is this, that just as we sang this morning, the very important truth for us to understand is that God's ways and his thoughts are much higher than ours. Isaiah 55 is where we get this from. Verses eight and nine says, my thoughts, God speaking to his people, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And Paul just kind of extends on this, and I love how he puts it in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So church, it's very important for us to understand that his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, and he can do more than we could even ask or think. You know, what, what this means is that um, it might not always match up. God's ways and his thoughts and his plans might not always match up with the plans that we we make. It might not look the same. It, 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 it might not come out and be lived out exactly how we thought it was going to be. I used to, early on in life, I used to make like, goals, like a one-year goal, a five-year goal, a 10-year goal, because everybody told me that's that's a really spiritual thing to do. Then I realized how dumb that was, because a year later, it didn't look anything like my one-year goal. Five years later, I wasn't even close. Ten years later, and all life was completely flipped upside down, what I thought I was going to do. God's ways, they don't look like our ways, but I can trust him. We we might not understand everything that happens. In fact, let me change that. You and I will not understand why everything happens in our life here on this side of heaven. But we can trust him because his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, and he can do infinitely, meaning there is no end to what he can do for you and me. And the timing, the timing will be different than what we want. Many times in life, we're gonna say, hey, Jesus, I think you're running late. I think you missed the due date on this one. And yet he's saying, but but my ways, my thoughts, I can do more. And actually, truly, the fact is that God is always on time. He can be trusted. He can be trusted to do more than we ever could. So we find I can't be trusted. But God and his word, the Bible... Can be trusted. Now I, I know this. I've been doing this long enough to realize that when when I begin to talk about reading the Bible, that some of it could seem to some of us overwhelming. It could feel overwhelming. How do we take this mysterious ancient text and put it into uh, our normal everyday life? How can we really take something that's written thousands of years ago and happen in a completely different culture and age and society and put it into play today? But I just want to encourage you that this book is really full of real help for yours and for my everyday life. And with God's help, I can live it out. With God's help, I can live out his word. See, because it's not just something that God wants us to know. It's, just, it's not just a knowledgeable thing, like, uh, I hope we're good at understanding what it's talking about. It's not just that we know it, it is that you and I, we need to live it out every single day. It's actually a daily walk. It's, it's got practices that we want to put into practice. It is something that, if I allow it, will change my life completely from the inside out. See, with God's help, I can live it out. That's what it's talking about in Psalm 119, verse 105 and 106 when it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet. We walk this out daily. It's a guide for me and it's a light for my path. How do I know which direction I'm going? How do I? It's God's word that I start with. It's actually a light for my path that shows me the way. And then he follows that with, I've promised it once, I'll promise it again, I will obey your righteous regulations. We don't just read it and know it, we live it out. We walk it out. Some in here, uh, we, we might be thinking, well, how, how do I walk this out? And this part of this is is very personal to me because for for a long part of my life, even as I was a pastor, um, I really struggled with understanding reading the Bible and putting it into my everyday practice because it was hard for me not to see it as just like a textbook where I had an assignment to complete. And so I kept trying to check boxes and say, okay, God, I did it today. And I kept trying to reach you know, the levels that other leaders were at and how much they would read and how long they were reading these types of things. And God had to really change my perspective and help me grow to learn how this works in my life every day. So just for a moment, I want to get really practical with you about reading the Bible. Let me, let me try to see if we can help you out today. If it's something that you're wondering, how do I walk this out? So here's the first tip. You have to read it. You have to read it. So let me help you with some of these things. Some of us like, you know, like ink on paper, and so we like to to read it there. And so grab grab a Bible and and read it. Open it up, you know, read it. But as well, there's some great things and great tools and resources out there for us now. Like you can pull out your smartphone and download the Bible app, the U Version Bible app. Put it on your phone. Put it on the thing you look at all day, all the time. It's an incredible thing. All places that you can download apps, you'll find it. Put it on there, and you know what? You can do then. You can. Do things like start reading plans. It'll even help you tell you what to read each day. When you pick a reading plan, you can pick topics. You say, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about grace. I want to learn more about marriage. And it will help you. It will be a guide and a help with you on reading. And as well, I encourage you in opening it up and actually reading it, get a good translation that you understand and read that. I know, I, I know I've know. i been in charge uh, my whole life and I know sometimes we feel like certain you know, translations are more holy and spiritual than others, but it's not the truth. In fact, what is more important for you and for me is that we read one that we can understand and is well equipped to help us figure out how we use it in our everyday life. You see, with all that being said, there's something that I want you to get is that I want you to know and I want you to believe that God actually wants to take his word and speak to you from it. He wants to speak to you through it. And this was something I had to really get in my life. I had to understand and believe with all my heart that God actually wants to speak to me through it. I had to have faith that Hebrews 4.12 was real, that for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's not just something for from antiquity. It's actually alive and powerful for today. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It's cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So I've got to believe that God's actually going to speak to me through his word. Second thing I encourage you to do as you're reading it is when something connects with you, when something moves on your spirit, when something hits you, you're like, that's for me. I encourage you stop right there and then. Don't read. Don't keep reading. Stop and do what the Bible tells us. Meditate on it. Think about it. Talk to God about it. We get too, too caught up and think, well, I, had to, I read three chapters from this and I read two from there. And man, I must be real spiritual today. Some of the most spiritual things you can do is let God speak to you through it. And when he does, stop and talk to him about it. St- stop and, and, and talk. If and something connects with you. Don't worry about how long. Don't worry about how much. When something connects with you, stop and think about it. Talk with God about it. And when it's all said and done, when you close up your app or your, or your, your Bible, uh, the pages, pray and ask God to help you walk it out. Don't do like so many of us do where we read it and it's so supernatural and it's so spiritual and it's his ways and his thoughts that are far beyond what we could ask or think and all this kind of stuff. And then we go and try to live it out in our power and our strength. No, no, no. We need God's help to do this. We can't do it on our own. So pray and ask God to walk it out, help you walk it out. See, it's actually I think of it like this. When reading the Bible, it's actually a lot like training at the gym. Now, one season of my life, I actually got a trainer that I went to the gym with four days a week and my trainer had to give me a a moment of caution. And he said, Brandon, this is what's going to happen. When we start tomorrow, um, it's not going to feel very good. You're going to get real sore. And, and you're not, you're gonna, you could be discouraged because you're actually, you won't see results right away. You won't be able to see what's happening. And you'll just be wondering, what am I doing this for? But hang in there. Hang in there. Do it. Take it one day at a time and just keep showing up. And you know what? You will begin to see. He assured me, you will begin to see the results. He actually put it down in this timeline. He said, you know what? A mo- one month in, Brandon, if you're consistent, one month in, you'll begin to feel the change. You can feel it inside you. You, can, you know something's happening. And then three months in, you'll actually be able to see the change. You'll be able to look in the mirror and realize, hey, something is taking place. Then he said, six months in, other people are going to be able to see the change that's happening in you. And you know what happened? My trainer was right. It was terrible at first. I was so sore the first week. I couldn't walk upstairs. I could barely sit down. I couldn't do anything with my kids. I wanted to quit, but I kept remembering him saying one day at a time. And one month in, I could feel the difference. All of a sudden, I had more energy. I was excited to go to the gym and work out. I could feel... And no, I actually was getting stronger, getting to put more weight uh, on these exercises, and I could feel it inside. On month three, you know what? I started seeing the change. I was able to look in that mirror and be like, man, you're looking pretty good there. Yeah, I like what I see. Month six, people started noticing. Brandon, you have been working out? You going to the gym? My wife, she said, oh, man, I like those arms. Right? Other people started noticing he was right. The results started coming. And I want to encourage you this morning. I know it may feel hard. I know you may be discouraged, but the results will come. You will see change in your life. It it might not look like it at first. You might be sore. It might be tiring. But I encourage you, take it one day at a time. Take it one step at a time. You will start to see results. You know, you're going to start to feel different on the inside. You're going you're to realize there's some more energy to you. You're going to realize there's something happening inside of you. You know what? You're going to start being able to see it and realize that you look different on the outside. You're going to start looking at you and say, I'm not sure I recognize you. I'm starting to make decisions different than the way I used to. I'm starting to feel like there's some clarity in my life and confusion is leaving me. And you know what? People are gonna begin to recognize. They're going to realize there's something different about you. What's happening? You're different on the inside and the out. God will bring clarity to you. God will remove confusion. You will see a difference. You will be able to say goodbye to confusion. You will say hello to clarity because you can trust God and you can trust his word and with his help, you can live it out. Let me pray for you, church. Thank you, Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wanna first pray for those who are in the place where they need to take the first step. The first step to saying goodbye to confusion, saying hello to clarity is putting their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And Some of you in here this morning, in this room, you realize, you know, that's me. That's me. I haven't done that yet in my life, but I want to do that today. And so all you have to do, as the Bible tells us, is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. So join me in this prayer and pray with me. Dear God, today I recognize I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe in your son, Jesus, that he lived on this earth and that his death and resurrection is enough to save me. I declare my life is yours. And from now on, I live for you in Jesus name. Amen. And God, I pray for every person in this place. God, what you have spoken to our hearts, I pray that we would be encouraged today. God, you would help us to no longer look at outside sources and put our hope in them or or even trust our own hearts, God, but that we would look to your word and we would know that we could trust you, God, and we can trust your word. We can open up the Bible and we can take what you've written in it and that you will speak to us through it and we can live it out in a daily way, a day-by-day way, God, and we will see change. We will say goodbye to confusion. We will say hello to clarity because you, God, are trustworthy and you will help us live it out. In Jesus' name, amen.